Hi, everybody. Welcome to a very uh, rainy Saturday on Carnival of Randomness. Not that you would know because it'll be out Monday, as always. But we're here early, special thing, and we're very glad to have. We have Patrick with us. Hello. So that means we're going to get into some Patrick-type stuff, of course. <laughs> yeah, Not just music or everything. But we're very thrilled to have as a guest. He's made it to the studio finally, and he brought bagels and coffee. So he can come down anytime he wants. One of the stars of our D&D, and we've gotten lots of fan mail wanting 8 by 10s of him, is Frank in the studio. Hey, man, Frank. Hey, how's it going? Frank Ashcraft here. <laughs> so there, you're down here, and yeah. we could... Uh, my friend Buck, actually, I was telling him about D&D a little. We were doing something on D&D. He said, dude, I remember when my brother played and they had the little figures. Yep. The little, this is how, like, when you started out, both of you, did. was it like that before it grew up a little more? Where they had, like, the little paper figures and the little... I, I would like to point out that we used the figures in the, in the game that we played. He did. He had some nice figures. <laughs> yeah. Remember, there was a little, little camera on them. And... Oh, they did change it. <laughs> I mean, well, there's. He no... said it was like little, like the board. It must have been little, like say this was when it started out. It was probably different, I guess. So there's I, a lot of people got into Dungeons and Dragons and RPGs in general from Hero Quest. A lot of people know Hero Quest, which is a board game that's got. Little paper minis, or there's there's actual minis for it with like little treasures and stuff. Um, but yeah, I I can't really speak to when I started as a kid because I didn't start until probably six years. But ago. how did you get into it? Like both of you, so, how did you get into it? So for me, getting into D and D and RPGs in general, um, you know, I I was talking with a friend of mine. He kept telling me about how he was playing this D and D campaign, and he said how. He was an elf that was able to shrink down to a very small size and jump through a keyhole. Happened to me at the bug jar more than once <laughs> late at night. <laughs> and uh, and I'm like, wow, you can do anything in this game? He's like, yeah, you just think up what you want to do. I'm like, how does that even work? It just blew my mind. And I didn't have anyone that knew how to play it. And a friend of mine uh, wanted to get into it. And her brother happened to be a D, uh, DM. So he came over and, and we played once and... The first time I played, I was hooked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it was yeah. for me, it was like when I was little, like back in the olden days. My brother and his friends started playing D anD D, and I tried to horn in on it. And, uh, and then the satanic panic happened, and I was kind of locked out for a little while by my freaked out parents. And then, you know, junior high, I was back doing it, and it's been my whole. Thing. Who would ever think, like, between, like, Judas Priest, Ozzy, and D&D &D would have something in common? <laughs> yeah. Well, I had friends. Know. See, my friends were actually very open-minded about <laughs> concerts, so a lot of people were envious of me in school because I went to Catholic schools. My parents, like my one of my, my best friend, Rob, he loved Ozzy, and I went to go see Diary of a Man, and his parents wouldn't let him go because Ozzy worships the devil. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy, Ozzy worshipped so I said but, yeah so I said yeah so I said well you know Ozzy was like the concert was like literally you know Randy Rhodes died a couple weeks beforehand it was the day before Easter and I said well you're going to miss it because Ozzy's going to bite the head off a bunny for Easter <laughs> Oh, man. But I was like, I would be the one going to concerts in grade school because my parents like that. They didn't really care. My only thing is my only comment my dad ever made about like music was he thought Rod Stewart wore pantyhose for some reason. <laughs> and we, I could never figure that one out. <laughs> you know, but they just didn't care. You know, and They let me listen to you know anything I wanted to. So I think 
that open, you know, I think it opens your mind, too. Like, you're not yeah. afraid of stuff. But I have to dispel this one thing. I've heard this over and over again, and I don't like the stereotype, but I just heard it this week again, that it seems like for D&D, Mountain Dew is something to do with it. Because I had a friend, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I had a friend who said his, like, his girlfriend's son, they were playing, he said all it was was cans of Mountain Dew in the trash. Is there something <laughs> like where beer, I suppose, is a football drink? You know, I, I feel like I feel like whenever you have something that involves nerddom, you know, you got to have Cheetos and Doritos and Mountain Dew. I think that's yeah, the, the yeah, stereo- like the Doritos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> I, I think because you know when, especially when you're a kid, when you're younger, when you're older, you run out of time. But it's like when you're a kid, you would get together as early as you could in the morning and you'd play until you were forced to go home. So the Mountain Dew was basically just to keep you awake and alert and hyped or hyped up to to play, you know, and then everything else was just kind of sustenance. So, you know what it uh, sounds I, I like? I think that, you know, th- if there's any science to it, that would be it. There's an analogy there, too, I think, back in the day, like getting the first Atari. And the thing was on Christmas, you would get up as early as possible and literally... Oh, yeah. And my parents, again, were good, and, like, my neighbor's parents, like, when we didn't have school, they let us stay up. We'd be starting playing Space Invaders at, like, 7 in the morning. We'd have <laughs> screeching headaches at 2 at night, still trying to play, saying, yeah. one more game, one more game. <laughs> oh, yeah. But also, you might not know, Frank, we can get into a little, like, advertising early. We do it at the end. But you, I think, would be very interested in what Patrick's doing now. Oh, yeah, if you want to talk about that, uh, what, my sitting in a chair here talking to us, <laughs> but I mean, he's got a podcast. I have a, yeah, I have a podcast. I plugged on here a few times. It's called Architects of Entropy. Uh, it's been going on uh, about a year, almost a year, and a, about a year and a half now. And uh, it's uh, we play D and D Fifth Edition, and with uh, with a bunch of my friends, I I do a lot of like post production music, sound effects, and fun stuff and uh I, it's worth checking out uh it's it's called yeah, once again architects of entropy and uh that's uh that's yeah i think I you actually find it really interesting. but i think yeah. that's the other point too i think you're pre- we'll talk about music obviously too but your creative type is we all are i'm not i can't do anything that's why i do this it promotes <laughs> stuff but i think it's just such a thing where you can make your own world up yeah yeah, yeah i uh so i i'm you know, D and D's not my only thing, obviously. Um, <laughs> and obviously, I keep going to RPGs, even even in the realm of RPGs. Well, talk about them to too. D and um, I'm definitely a creative type, but I, I consider myself more a jack of all trades. I like to do a lot of things. Sounds and try like everything. me. That sounds yeah. like me. I don't, yeah. I don't ever get good at it, but I, you know, I try. <laughs> except I except for bo- that's me. Like I always say, it's like what is it? The jack of all trades, master or none. Right. I dabble in everything. It's like I was before I dropped dead this year. I had I was going to go do goat yoga even. Yeah, <laughs> my doctor told me I couldn't though. No, no, just because at the time I wasn't healed and like. Oh, the yeah, well. But then one of them, like Adriana, actually said I told her because she's. They told her and she's. I don't know if I want goats crawling all over me. I'm like, <laughs> dude, for me that would have been one of my fantasies a long time ago. <laughs> okay, but no, I like to try new things. Like we yeah. like, I remember like in high school, it's like some friends play splatball. I'll go play splatball. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean. You know, just an example this week. So Wednesday night, I've now started getting into the uh, 
probably the most expensive RPG hobby. I started getting into Warhammer. <laughs> um, yep. I don't actually have any Warhammer figures. I'm playing online right now, so it's yeah. nice being able to not spend $1,000 to That's, be able to play. Yeah. What's the basic but, behind the game for like some people who don't know? So so Warhammer is a wargaming RPG. So it it's not really an RPG. You're right. not role-playing. Um, what you're doing is you're building up armies that have certain points to them, and you try and get to a certain point level and then you match up against someone and you play on these big grandiose maps that people build there uh i think the standard size is like 44 inches by 60 inches so it takes up like a dining room table yeah, yeah. and uh you have hundreds of units out on the table and you're going through and strategizing okay i'm going to move these guys here these guys are going to attack here it's not the role playing that you get in D D where right. you're playing a character or any of that it's more just a battle that you go into that, and that's like kind of what D really grew out of was back in like the early 70s there were these uh you know there was these like tabletop war games where people have miniatures and move them around and then uh the the guys who created D made a series of like they originally were just like skirmish rules were just like you know you know if you wanted to have a couple guys fight each other and then it kind of grew but, yeah, yeah, it was uh, Gary Gygax. Uh, the original, Dave Aronson, yeah. the original game was called Chain Chainmail. Chainmail, yeah. and uh, they wanted they were they were doing these big war battles, just like Warhammer, mm -hmm. and they wanted to see what it would be like if they played one of the characters, and then they started adding some more rules on it. What if they were spellcasters and they created yeah, the classes, and then they're like, what if what if they were actually talking? And then Gary Gygax went and and started creating all this world, and then. D&D &D was birthed out of it. If there's yeah. not, not a metal band name that out there that has to be, doesn't it sound like it? <laughs> yeah. But I remember the first time I was exposed to D&D &D actually was in television had a game. But then you have to understand, on this, this was really simplistic. You'd be yeah. going through tunnels, little dragon that looked like a seahorse would chase you. There wasn't really much. Uh, <laughs> but, but they had like Zork, actually, which was yeah. on Odyssey. I used to play Zork, and that was like the closest because you could come up like you had the four characters. You could build your mazes like sort of work with people so was it was the zork was that still text-based on that was text-based yeah, actually so i was thinking there was one on odyssey also too it was like but I, I, I goofed that up there was one on odyssey there was another magnavox thing mm -hmm. but zork was the text-based i used to love the school games yeah and i mm -hmm. do zork zork beyond beyond zork hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and i like <laughs> the creativity because sometimes it would just be hilarious because you would sit there how come I'm not? I can't get it. And all you had to do was get out of bed. Like, yeah, and start always, yeah. Look up, you know, or whatever. <laughs> just like. But those are. I used to love the text-based games, and I don't know if people yeah. did. I think we think more visually today. I don't know if people would really dig them or not. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure. I mean, there's a resurgence of everything '70s and '80s now, so I'm sure that somebody has come out with it, and I'm sure. I'm oh sure yeah. Will well, be. Blast, there's, there's, blast from the past. So COVID hits. Right. So we're all locked down. So I'm like, oh, what the heck? I'll get a. I got a classic Atari for like twenty bucks, and I'm looking at the graphics, going, man, this was stated. These suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, 
you know, and everything yeah. like that. But Blocks one of the things I like, this is like sort of like, okay, you could take everything too far. One of my friends got addicted to Warcraft, mm-hmm. and he got to the point where I would call him to go, and he's like, dude, I'm in a major battle. And he actually <laughs> went out for Indian food, a bunch of us. He got caught speeding on the way home because he couldn't wait to get home to play. You got to raid, man. We got to yeah, go. I, yeah. I had friends in uh, college that were Warcraft heads, and they were like my best <laughs> friends. And they they wound up reclusing to their rooms and they were playing Warcraft all the time to the point that this was in college. One of my friends had to go and take an exam. And he's like, we have a raid tonight. I need you to come in. I need you to go and do this. And he's showing me what I have to do. I'm like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> but we did have like, the you moment. Click, yeah. You click here and then you click here. And then if you see this, you click here and you click. Here. I'm like, this is what you do for hours and hours. <laughs> we had the one. It hit my hit my friend that we even said he had a problem. And I think I mean, obviously it's a, it's a healthy hobby. It's fun. You know, so everybody sometimes we take it too far. But he said it really got to him where, okay, he's like in his mid 30s. He's playing, playing. He goes, he's playing. Got somebody's playing online with. And he said, I had a, okay, I had to stop because. The person I was playing with said, well, my mom's calling me. It's time for dinner. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Giddy at that part, though. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also the diversity of these things. It's like sometimes we'll have our my friends Fred and the Goos on again. They've done, they do Zooms. And they do, but they do a lot of the war gaming. And actually, my friend's a professor. They do it in class, all the war games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's so much out there. I remember, like, in the day, like, there was the one starts with an A. It was like all the board games, and there's so much. And I think Avalon Hill. Yeah, Avalon Hill, exactly. Yeah. I got called Cthulhu, which was funny. My mom tried to get it me for Christmas. My dad was saying, "I don't know what you want to get for Christmas. You should have heard your mother on the phone." C T H But I think there's a fun thing, and there's like a communal thing toing it too with everybody. You know, we had a game that was some friends, and we ended up being a little four in the morning. You didn't even think, because it's just fun you get into it. Yeah, I mean, I, d- yeah. I didn't play video games probably. I hadn't played them for close to 10 years. I was just, you know, as I said, I like to go and dabble into everything. Yeah. And when COVID hit, I couldn't go do anything. So I did projects around the house for a little bit, but that got boring after a while. And finally, I'm, I bit the bullet. I got a gaming laptop, and I got on and started playing, and... and then I was able to actually converse with people and socialize. Yes, yeah. it was through the internet, but, but I couldn't yeah. do it in person. I mean, does yeah. the game have a dragon? <laughs> but the thing is, too, there's so many of these, and I think everybody, like, if you were having somebody who was interested in doing this, and we tried to introduce people to it in our videos, which are very popular, over 100 views and everything, they're like, who's that dude with the hat with the accent? <laughs> you know, like and everything. Terrible, and me, like, like with my contacts where I can read with my glass, and like, what the hell does this say? <laughs> no, we actually had, like, over 100 views. I had some dude looking at me during a concert at the Little. I'm like, oh, what did I do now? It's like from my old days at the bars. He's like, wait a second. You're that guy who wore the funny hat on that D&D thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, but I think if you have people who are interested, you could say, okay, what do you like? What, what sort of do you like to do? You could probably pick a game for them. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so many. Yeah, I mean, there's there it's it's almost overload. I mean, it's 
I, I feel like with everything, with the advent of the internet, there's so much out there that, you know, it breeds a lot of creativity, but also it causes a lot of that watered down effect. Yeah, my, and it's, my it's view, it's good everything. and bad because, like, pretty much anybody can do a show like this. So you just try to make it, you want people, people seem to enjoy it, people do it. But the thing is, there's so much, and I've always said this with musicians, too, is you can get your stuff out there, but people have to wade through so much. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough, especially in the the podcast sphere. You know, the, like you struggle to break out of you know just your friends listening to your podcast. You know, get and, famous and, people from Nashville on it. Helps. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really, it really helps. What's so funny is that whole the whole name podcast came back from when people started doing it and record something. You download it on your iPod. That's yeah, and you, and you listen. I think to of it okra. Now. It's the one thing I think of, like okra, like the okra pods yeah, and yeah. everything. <laughs> But that's like technology, and I remember like you—you you know, you can get the stuff out there. Yeah, everything yeah. else, and no, you can find other easy. people who do this. But I think still, also, there's a thing about still playing board games where you're all together actually, and you're socializing and doing something instead of like the isolation. That, that was the toughest thing for me. Was I, you know, I'm in several regular games that meet in person, and for you know a year and a half, we were doing it all online. It just wasn't it. You know, it's fine, but it's not the same. And and I'll give you that, but I will say there is there is a place for it too. So oh, I play I play online with my friends, and it's because one friend's in Austin, mm-hmm. one friend's in Long Island, one friend's in Queens, yeah. And we're able to play D and D. We've been playing every Thursday for I think we just hit session two hundred and ninety or something wow. like that. Nice. Um, and it's cool because that whole group of friends also likes to to rope, rotate who's doing the the DMing or yeah. game mastering. And that's where I get a lot of my RPG experiences because it's like, hey guys, I got this new system, Savage Worlds, let's try that. Or, hey, I got this new system, Morkborg, let's try that. So uh, it's cool being able to do that and then also still be able to play in person because it it's tough. Not only, not only is it hard because of COVID and distance, but I mean, uh, for anyone that, that's listening that's tried to play a D&D game, at some point, scheduling is the hardest part that, about Yeah, that's playing. the number one the number one issue you have. It's is like our, like when we've done ours, we've managed to find a date that works for everybody. And I think right, that's, but that's once that's every why, three yeah. months. That's why we've done two in yeah. the last three years. That COVID killed the third one until 2022. Right. Yeah. But I think well, also with well, collaboration, yeah. somebody somebody had a baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we have yeah. like you have your Bob Dylan's, your Richie Blackmore's, your you know people who can't work. I think when you collaborate, you also are rewarded by that because somebody can make it better. You might have an idea to play, but then somebody goes, "Why don't we try this?" And it's cool, and you go this yeah. direction. Everything else, but what were like when you came up with your first characters? What were they sort of like? And was it like so? My first character, I, I was super deep hot off the heels of finishing the dark tower series by stephen king for anyone that has i like the wizard in the glass is my favorite still yeah that's 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 one of my favorite books and uh and and that's kind of where i based it off of so it was it was roland but it was more roland in the old times so so the the Stephen King uh, Dark Tower series for those who don't know, I have also a, well, what it was I had the dragon which it sort of came from that was right. which well, is a I really the dragon good is a, is a side story because all of Stephen well, flags King's flags in stories, there though too right he, but he's but it's so Stephen King has this whole universe where there's multiple yeah, multiple. 
I'm blanking on the word right now. Multiverse? Univer yeah, multiverse, you'll, you could say. And they're, all of his books intertwine and cross. The Castle each other. Rock stuff and everything, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah. To the point that, you know, it, it gets even meta in the Dark Tower. Uh, you know, Stephen King becomes his own character. So <laughs> I heard the movie. Now, I can't judge it because I didn't see it, but I heard that movie sucked. The movie was awful. It, too bad because two good actors. Yeah, there, there's rumors that they're going to do a a TV series. Yeah, and they've been talking about it for a while, and it was going to be Idris Elba is going to be Roland, and it's going to be all like a, um, it's going to be like a, a, a HBO television series where they're going to go through and do it all based on the old time. That's when the Roland best way to kid. do like a book series. We found you can't. Like how can you do life? a movie yeah. of that? Really, you know, yeah. you have to do a right. series. I just love like in Suicide Squad when he find, I love in Suicide Squad when he finally pets the rat. <laughs> I just like that scene. It's like finally, nice rat, nice rat. But we have, and I didn't have much of a problem thinking of my character. I don't know why. Yeah, I, no, I don't was, know. I but don't, you yeah. have something really big to talk about in terms of games. That little book you brought that yeah. I think all you metal people will like. Because some people are going, how are these cool guys who do music playing nerd games? Well, guess what? Yeah, well, so I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, which is you know weird. I'm on a podcast, but. Um, <laughs> A lot of the podcasts I listen to, I listen to everything under the sun, um, but I listen to a lot of RPG podcasts, and one I listen to uh, is Tabletop Twats, and it's not in the bad derogatory way. They are English folk, which is, you know... Well, I, when I, you know, when I did the door at the old toad, some of the stuff they said, and I took me aback, it's like a like few yeah. words I won't say, and I just realized it was... But they, they turned me on to this one, Morkborg, which is really based on like metal and doom and stoner you know it even says in the in the beginning music that helped and it's got bands like Bong and Bell Witch and Bongzilla. And <laughs> I, I, have, I have the picture disc of Bongzilla I have the pink picture yeah. disc of the Bongzilla <laughs> so it, it's very very metal very dark and uh, there's a lot of uh, really cool art imagery on it and it's I, I was talking with Patrick ahead of time, and, and it's it's interesting. So the way they do how you do damage for each of the weapons, there's one particular page where a guy is just uh, immolated <laughs> with all sorts of weapons. Yeah. And next to each of the weapons in him, it says what dice it is and what it is. So, like, staff is D4, and the guy is just, like, impaled with it. Or It's, you know, it's like, like a medieval woodcutting of a guy with a million weapons just jammed into him. Right. <laughs> So it's it's a very metal thing, and it's got its, its own very, like it's and it's very silly too in its own way, and it really kind of gross. So do they have like the big way. villain would be like a John Denver character who does easy listening, and everybody <laughs> covers their ears. So no. even even though it's music ba or music inspired, it is more that universe of of stoner and doom, not so much based in music. But you could, I mean, that's a cool thing with RPGs. Yeah. You could create whatever you wanted. You could have John Denver character be the evil guy. See, and I was just gonna, yeah, you could have like the Juicifer character where I have to cover my ears it's the loudest show I've ever seen <laughs> in my yeah. life you could give you an example of some of the stuff that characters like uh, uh, there's uh, you know you roll you break, roll everything randomly and you may find you know it's like for example you may have a, uh, a character uh, that uh, where is it it's the uh, gutterborn scum 
<laughs> For example, you roll randomly on the chart to see what your uh, special ability is, and it's one called Abominable Goblobber. Your phlegm is vicious, lumpy, vile, and ballistically accurate at short range. <laughs> so basically, you can just hack loogies at people and hurt them. You it's know? a Tommy and, and that's Francis the kind of, one right there for his character. <laughs> yeah, is you know, it, it's 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 a it's really fun, and you can play it in like five minutes. The rules are basically like nothing. I think that's I've the thing. It's like at your Christmas fun. party when we did the Lovecraft game. It's like, you know, it's basically like, sort of like Yahtzee, but you get it pretty because I think <laughs> yeah, some oh, yeah. people Eldritch, uh, some Eldritch people get yeah. that. I think people sometimes are intimidated because they go in thinking I'm going to feel like an idiot because I'm not going to be able to do the rules and everything else. Yeah, I will say, I mean that that's a huge thing that's really improved is board games. A, a lot of these indie board games, which I don't even know, it's like <laughs> indie music. You can't you can't really call it indie. It still has the title indie, but it's not really right. indie anymore. It's only indie in that it's independently published, but now yeah, it's become a genre in its own. Yeah. But uh, but board games have become uh, very unique, and some of them can be so crazy advanced that it takes you hours to learn, and some of them are just really easy yeah. to pick up. And some take and that, ten hours to play. You know? Right. And that and that's what's great about this book. It's a very small uh, hardcover book, and their whole idea was you could sit down and get a game going very quickly i had mentioned savage worlds before too yeah their whole moniker is fast furious fun so the idea is the dm can just you know uh improv on the fly and be able to create characters and worlds and you don't have to go digging through the rules a lot it really simplifies that was always like i actually in high school i had a friend who was a dm he used to say okay it depends on the dm the way because you're telling the story you got to make it interesting and i think that's a big appeal my friend my really good friend Caitlin said, "Like it's like some of the novels she likes to be drawn into your own world." And yeah. I think that's a big appeal of it. But you get to be the characters too and stuff, which is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is kind of like we're going to jump back and forth. But again, now you're also on the other side, a music person. Yeah, shock of shocks. Yes. And I remember you saying at Caverly's one time, he's like, "Oh, everybody knows you." <laughs> but we we're actually telling some Michaela's stories a little bit because I don't want to forget to tell them before we talk about your stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's crazy. I, I was thinking of things I could talk about coming in here, and and one thing that is really your favorite so, candy bar. Yeah, my favorite candy bar. I don't I don't even know. I you know it's funny enough. I think I think it's become a Milky Way. It used to be Snickers, and I think I've moved in the Milky Way realm. But <laughs> now we're gonna get so many. Okay, the studio is gonna be inundated with Milky Ways. So you go do part three. This is for Frank. But um, but yeah. So. So it, it's I, I'm a huge Rochester fan. Uh, you know, I, I have my own version of the flower tattooed on my back. I, I love Rochester, um, and I'm very proud of it. And what's being great about being part of the music scene is just watching all these bands that are really starting to come up and get big. You know, the there was obviously back in the day Sirens and Sailors, and you know Mastodon is an offshoot of oh, Rochester-based yeah. bands. And, uh, you know, Salako's even had some of their own their own fame uh, being featured in some movies. And Duke Jupiter back in the day. And stuff. Yeah. And, and there's been a lot, of, a lot of people that have really come up, uh, at least in, in the rock scene. And uh, it's really cool recently seeing just this influx of bands that are getting big. You know, Maybird's been putting out a lot of good albums and getting a lot of tracks. Of course, Sam. They, I just picked up his latest album, and I would always say, Sam, you're going to say, he's like so humble. He's like, oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, was, you know, uh, Maybird got picked up by Danger Mouse to produce one of their albums, and then right after that, they were picked up. They were on iZombie. I guess Josh told me they had a track on iZombie. 
Oh, okay. I didn't even yeah, know Yeah, and he that. told me that because I'm, like, talking to him about, you know, he's got to come <laughs> on here sometime. Those guys are scheduled. But he's like, yeah. But I was like, oh, yeah, we just had a track on iZombie. I'm like, dude, I watched that show. <laughs> and I think they had one on The Man on High Castle, too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Which I've never seen, so I can't. Yeah, I haven't seen that either. But, but yeah, it's great seeing, you know, seeing them get up and big. Um, and then, you know, Michaela Davis has really been getting big. My, my two favorite bands, which is a very wide... Uh, split of genres are Nine Inch Nails and Grateful Dead. So a very They're wide close. Spectrum. I can see that. Because you have to smoke the weed for the dead to listen to Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> so I, I think I've I really delved into why is it that I like that. Because some of my other favorite bands are like Radiohead. Um, I'm a big fan of Pink Floyd, Black Moth, Super Rainbow. And I think really what it is is the emotive music, music that's kind of got a feeling to it, and it's it's more ethereal, more beyond the music itself. You would actually like actually we've had them on the archive ravens too. I actually got I saw them, I saw Eva and Tom recently, and they're the kind of music you start when you see them. You're at first you're like. I don't know if I like. They suck you right in. They do. They'll do classical jazz. They'll do this ethereal Pink Floyd type stuff, and you just get sucked in by the end. And you're like, "Wow, they're really good." Yeah, yeah. And and and, and with that, being able to see Michaela is now touring or, or was touring with uh, Wolf Bros, which is Bob Weir, who's the guitarist from The Grateful Dead, uh, not Jerry, obviously, but. Um, that would be kind of tough. Um, so, so she was playing with them, uh, and, and it's funny. A lot of my my friends who are big into into Grateful Dead are talking about this harp player that played with Bob Weir, and I'm like, I, I know her. She's from she's from Rochester. This is at the point. Those like she's a friend of mine. <laughs> but you can you can Google her, and you can see. I know there's probably tons of them, but there's one in Syracuse where she's on stage with Bob Weir. Yeah, yeah. And I went to one of her dead shows, and okay, I'm a little. Not as much, right. but when the first song was 28 minutes, you hear, you're smelling patchouli and you're going, <laughs> okay. And I, but it's you find but, out because I remember like, you know, when she started out, it's just I love seeing that from like friends of mine and everybody. And I'm waiting for you to do on your stadium tour. Right, right. Uh, so <laughs> I will say my latest band, or I guess I have a lot of latest bands, but the bands that I'm in right now, one of them, The Living Room, we actually. Uh, recorded an EP and put it out there and we put it on I can't remember what platform we put it on but it shows you where people are playing your music and for some reason we got really big in Central America and South America so we had a lot of plays in Brazil Argentina uh, Ecuador and I have no idea why. It's but. like this. It's like <laughs> I got going south of the border. I got uh, like there. people in Canada listening to this. Yeah, you wonder ahead. how they find it. Right. It's odd. I, you know, a lot of it going all the way back to watered down internet, it's really hard to, to wade through the, the muck and mire to actually, yeah. A, get your music out there, or B, find music. So it, it is interesting to see us getting picked up from there. You know, it might have to do with the platform we posted on, might do some ads here and there or something. Who knows? But, yeah. but you You're know. In the algorithm, man. Who knows? Not, this right. is the story I've anymore. heard, too. I've had friends, like a friend of mine lives in Atlanta, and you think Atlanta, okay, could be, he would say, Rob, you know, you could probably go out, ask somebody, okay, what kind of music you like? pre-covid obviously any night you could find it it's like i can't do that here yeah yeah bill kirchin said that about the high risers that's where they came up with the the trout mouse or whatever the song because he said you know you don't get bands like this everywhere yeah somehow we have this weird little music community where we sort of all interlap but there's so much good stuff out there mm. yeah and it, that is one thing that you know i've seen of course there's always an article in in some paper somewhere that says 
top 10 cities that have X, Y, or Z. You know, for Rochester, uh, I've seen the one that's like the highest music rate per capita, um, their highest bands per capita. But, mm. but, uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely cool. You know, uh, we all play in a lot of different bands and there's all these bands that are all part of the same orbit, but then there's also whole other sects that are going on, you know, their own orbits too. So there's a lot of bands. Someone's like, Oh, I'm in this band. I'm like, how have I never heard of you guys? Well, it's cause there's so much music in Rochester that you can, you can afford to go and find all these different, uh, different venues and different genres to go in and you know fit your fancy so. and then the covid hit and everything and how did that affect you did you go in terms of because for me i was saying i'm just going to be my creative period by the third week i was like do i have to do my laundry <laughs> you know you start the anyway starts getting you in the inner oh, yeah. you're like okay i can barely where's the remote control i can't get up to change the television so for me i was like all right i got all this time i actually started teaching myself uh piano and, and keyboards and organ and stuff uh, about two years ago with the other bands that I'm in and I'm like all right I got all this time now I can finally focus I'm gonna go and I'm gonna get really good at playing and then I got a gaming laptop and started playing video games there you go. <laughs> everybody was gonna make their masterpiece and then they're like oh Tiger I gotta King give Sean something like Sean McVay from I think he wrote like three or four albums yeah who, who did? I think Sean McVeigh did I think oh, he yeah, told me out yeah. here yeah, they put out. I think they just put out the third of their three albums, or maybe the second. But yeah, they're they've been in a huge uh, writing thing. They're they're one. So King Buffalo, it's crazy. Back in the day, seeing Red Hot Mess and uh, which you know spawned into. I guess it wasn't Red Hot Mess. Well, that was from the U. Was it from a little bit? I think you got Velvet, Elvis, and Red Hot Mess. It was some well, no, UV Vel- rays, wasn't it? It was. It was Man versus Moon, and then Man versus Moon turned into Abandoned Buildings Club. And Abandoned Buildings Club was a two-drummer set, so uh, they had Nick Pryor was always the staple drummer, and then they had rotating drummers coming through. And then uh, they had Sean McVay and Dan Reynolds. Uh, Sean McVay and Dan Reynolds went on to do uh, King Buffalo, but Abandoned Buildings Club and Velvet Elvis back in the day had this joking rivalry uh, where you know they would always kind of steal each other's... Uh, uh, you know, poke fun at each other. So, Abandoned Buildings Club, they had a drum head made for Nick Pryor's drum, which was a uh, unicorn in a bomber jacket, and it was more to make fun of, uh, more to make fun of, uh, now I just blanked on the name, we just said Velvet Elvis, because their whole theme was, was, you know, a unicorn. So, so that, that was fun, and then uh, when uh, <coughs> Velvet Elvis kind of broke up, uh, Abandoned Buildings Club, those two guys went over and, and uh, hooked up with uh, Scotty, and, and then King Buffalo was born. And uh, they've really been getting big. It's crazy, you know, watching them play a lot of uh, European tour That's the thing. They then, got their whole – when Sean was on the show, he said that, you know, they, their whole tour, they would be – that's why they would play the Thanksgiving Eve show. They'd be gone all year in Europe. Yeah. The COVID got them. But I always – their music, we've played them on here. We've had Sean on here, and I think it's—I almost said it's like a mix of Black Sabbath and Pink Floyd. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely that as we we're talking about the ethereal themes, and uh, 
Yeah, and it, and it's they they do a really good thing. Back, I, I talked with Sean way long ago. He's like, I, I can't ever tell if people like my music because they're so quiet at the end of our songs. And I'm like, you put them into a trance, man. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. hard to snap out of a trance and start, you know, going nuts. People and love them. Like I read, like the last show on Thanksgiving, which is a couple years ago. I remember, like I just bought their CD, and like Ryan Hurley and Alicia were there, and Ryan's musician enough bands, obviously. And he said, this is the best album I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they they I'll give it to them too. They're they're evolving and they're changing their music style as they go through, and it's it's interesting watching it and you know watching them go on tour. They were on a bill uh, across the country touring with Clutch and Stoner. Stoner is an offshoot of Caius, which had like Brant Bjork and and some of the other guys from that, and uh, it's really interesting seeing them get big as well. Um, but going back to uh, Going back to Velvet Elvis, so when Velvet Elvis split and King Buffalo was formed, some of those folks went and started forming other bands. And uh, at the time, Eric Wachowski, Darren DeWispeler, and myself had started our own sort of thing. It became Jan the Actress. And uh, Eric was friends with Kara Teague, who was from Velvet Elvis, and asked her if she'd like to join us. And she came and joined us, and Jane the Actress really kind of took off from that point. And uh, we were, you know... We played your stuff on here. Oh, yeah. Nobody sued us. I mean, it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go talk to my lawyers real quick. No. <laughs> but it was it was great. Um, you know, that, that whole thing was great. And, you know, one of the things that we really liked about playing together, and, and we commented on it frequently, was the band is very open. Everyone's really willing to listen to each other and to provide criticisms and feedback and grow and and you know everyone has a voice in the band and eric and i kind of took that forward towards the end when jane the actress was starting to to uh you know fall apart a little bit um we brought on jay moon and jay moon was playing drums for us and uh jay moon eric and i went on and started playing another band and then we got justin polini uh who currently plays in green dreams and um, oh, I saw them actually at Brunanzio. Yeah. But then I also saw them at a Small World Books, which is like a favorite venue. It's like, I love it. It's like this underground club. It's the only place I think Shane McCarthy's band, Honeymoon Phase, ever played. So I was telling Michaela about the stalker I had, the cosplay hall, the Quinn person who stalked me for a while. <laughs> and she was like, ooh. And I'm like, no, I don't want to get murdered. <laughs> One of my friends told me if it was Daenerys, I'd be like chopped up and buried in the woods right now. So, <laughs> but I loved that because it was like this neat little underground and you'd yeah. have all these different bands and stuff. I, I like that I underground. Assume Small World Books is still around. I am hoping. I, yeah. I know Katie Preston, Katie Mori now. I don't know if she's still affiliated with it, but you know, I hope those because obviously there's a lot of casualties of covid and what can you do you feel yeah you try to support as much as you can but also you know we've never been in how many people said when this started that we've been through this before it'll be over by april right april 2025 (laughs) maybe yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then you hear oh it's done oh it's back yeah we'll see we'll see you know it it could wind up being the next flu and you know if that's the case you know I think there's going to be permanent changes because yeah. the flu is seasonal at least and COVID unfortunately runs year round. So, you know, the question is, do you always limit capacity? Do you always have mask mandates? Do you always have 
vaccinations. And at some point, you know, if it continues just circling and mutating, we're going to have to figure out how to live with it. And I think also people like you get the loony cartoon crowd. Let's forget about them. They're a small percent. I think when you have like, I hate the word, but I'll use it like a new normal. It takes people a while to adapt, but then they become like, I see people driving with their masks on in cars. Yeah. No, people get to it. Well, so, it's funny, I, you know, it, I'm sure everyone's thought of it, you know, going in somewhere, you see people with a mask, you see people without a mask, you know, uh, back before COVID hit, you saw someone with a mask, you'd be like, that person's weird or something's going on. Or here. they got allergy yeah, issues, big allergy issues. Yeah. 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 I'm like, more dude, like I go to the store, like, oh, beautiful, you're wearing a mask, maybe not on the chin, maybe over the <laughs> nose would help. Yeah, that's, yeah. You know, I'm looking for somebody to wear it over their eyes and like bounce into stuff. <laughs> it's like, it's not an art form, you know, you yeah. just have to put it over here. Well, you go to certain, like, I, I spent a lot of the day uh, earlier this week down in like Fairport, parents in Pittsburgh area and I was going in and out of places I did not see a mask on a human being behind they're the getting counter less, in front of the They're counter. getting less when I've been in Wegmans and lately. I would not less. take my mask off I, there was a dude when I went to Wagons a week ago, no mask coughing all over. Oh, and I like big the big beard. I'm like, get that. But how did you now? You said you only got into playing like six years ago or so. How did you start? Yeah, so. Uh, and what were some of your influences? You mentioned the band. You always liked the bands you've liked. Right. You're, you're one of those like all of us where if it's good music, it's good. Like the yeah, exactly. Pink Williams, so, the Slayer. So I listened to everything under the sun. I used to follow this, uh, this one blog that was called Or. Orgasm, A U R, you know, gasm. And well, I did too when I was in high school. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> so we so, had to get them from behind the counter, though. We right. couldn't just get them online. <laughs> so we would, um, I, I would go through and I'd see all these new bands and I started to get into that and listening to that. And then, uh, you know, that kind of folded and, and Spotify came around and Spotify has this. Uh, you know, discover weekly that it curates a list for you based on what you're listening to. So I'd find some bands there and then they have this release radar they put out, which is all the bands that are similar to what you listen to. It'll put out whenever they have new albums, new singles, whatever, it'll put it out. So that's that's how I keep up to date on my music. But yeah, to go to what you were saying, I, I listen to everything under the sun. If it's good, it's good. You know, I, I like bluegrass. Uh, I like funk. I like blues. Um, I like rock and roll i like everything under the sun right um country it's a little bit tough but that's because uh you know pop and pop country are tough to get into and pop country in my opinion isn't really country there is there is some uh, i'm more like the alt country like the jayhawks right exactly from my friend Alyssa, i've started to got more into the mainstream but i'm really more like the alt stuff towns vans Ant, the jayhawks there's there's some new newer uh, country stars though that are, are kind of like classic country, which are great too, like Sturgill Simpson. I'm, yeah, I really dead like don't die. <laughs> <laughs> After the hundred time hearing the song, though, I want to listen to someone. Right, right. He's Carl. I'm a big old, fan yeah. of. You have to thank Danny of Abilene because he really yeah. like brings in all the oh, yeah. really. He's Carl's great. I mean, you know, she left me for Jesus. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that one about uh, live free or die, where the yeah. dude's arrested making license plates. It's like, why do I have to make one for New Hampshire? when yeah. I'm in jail. <laughs> bad, bad liver and a broken heart. You know? <laughs> he, he does great. You know, that all country stuff is great. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I listened to all sorts of crazy music and then uh, I had been playing bass. I got a bass off a friend of mine in college. I had traded him for it and 
you know, I, I would mess around on it and, and learn songs and stuff, but playing bass is a little bit tough. I mean, you learn bass lines, but you really got to have something to play along with. You know, it's it's not yeah. it's not as harmonious and, and melodic as a guitar can be. So I, I picked up a friend in college who was a friend of mine, and, and we just started jamming around and playing. And uh, he was a big Dead fan. So I remember, you know, he's like, I'm going to go play an open mic. I want you to come play with me. I'm like, I, I don't know. And he convinced me to play one song with him, Fire on the Mountain, My Grateful Dead. He's like, we're going to go play in the local bar on campus. And I'd seen him play there. There's like 10 people. I'm like, okay, this is fine. So I was super nervous day of. I go up, and it turns out it's senior night. We didn't know that. And it's in a big room, and there were 350 people there. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. And I'm, like, sweating bullets, like, getting out there, super nervous. I'd never played. The guy with sound is, like, up, down. I, I don't know what the hand signals are. I mistakenly told him to turn it up by nodding my head or something. And uh, so, so that was my first foray into actually playing live. And then uh, it kind of went to the wayside after college for a little bit as I was establishing my life and trying to get out of immense debt. And then uh, a friend of mine was playing in a cover band and uh, asked if I wanted to come and join. And I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. And I went and played with him, and I was terrible. And <laughs> nothing ever came of it. And uh, so they wound up folding that band, and two of the guys were supposed to go off and do acoustic. And... Uh, <laughs> And then I didn't do anything for a while. And then Eric, uh, or no, it was uh, when Abandoned Buildings Club folded. Uh, Nick Pryor wasn't playing with anyone. I so said Planet Assassin. Did that start out? That's where Planet Assassin started. So we started, we started hanging out and just jamming drum and bass for a couple months. And uh, I really got my chops up by doing that. It was very odd not having anything else in there. We would just mess around for a while, drink some Jennies, and hang out. And then uh, a friend of mine, Darren, who was in the cover band I was playing in, uh, I asked him if he wanted to come up, and he started jamming. And then we had um, Randall Kuhn, who was from Velvet Elvis, come up and jam with us a couple times. We had Oz come up and play, like, synthesizer with us a couple times. Uh, you know, we had rotating casts coming through there. And then another friend of mine, so I hung out at Acme all the time, and uh, a guy there I knew had played in some other bands, uh, Teenage Junkies he had played in. And uh, and we asked him. It was it was Josh Cook. We asked him if he wanted to come up and play. He said, you know, you can sing, right? He's like, yeah, yeah. So he came up, and his singing was terrible. And I'm like, you play guitar, right? He's like, yeah. <laughs> he came up the next week. He brought his guitar, and he had two songs, and they were right in the vein of the stuff. You we kept playing. the mics away from him. Right. Just like no background vocals either. <laughs> So, uh, not to say that we're any good singers at all. I'm terrible. And, and I think you have to be adequate. Is, I think I right. think you just have to be, as long as you're not like, you know, like sound like you're strangling a cat, you're all right. Right. And uh, so Darren Darren Johnson, who had played in Arugula, Clawboard, and uh, Space Lord, um, he, he was in the band. Nick Pryor, who had been in Red Hot Mess, Man Vs. Moon, um, Abandoned Buildings Club, and uh, the... I think he was a member of the Dads for a second. You know, he he rotated through a lot of different bands, as drummers do in Rochester. Um, and then Josh Cook and myself, and we formed Planet Assassin, which was kind of like stoner rock, stoner metal, but we also took a weird approach to it. We're like, all right, everybody wants us to play four times here, so we're going to play three and a quarter times. Or the beat here is super fast, so we're going to go from like a blast beat down to a slow, dirgy beat. So it's kind of like <laughs> prog rock, but 
in a really ham-fisted way. <laughs> That's what I love. I love looking for different things. But the thing is, like, the reason I keep looking at my watch is for some reason it says it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon now. So i got to fix this. That's why I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, what the heck is happening? Jumps that like good of a conversation? Yeah, just, so, wow, this one's going to be a, We're going to have to break this one up a little longer. But the question I want to ask both of you, this reason, one of the reasons I do this is maybe I'm okay at it, but... I would have like horrifying stage fright doing any. How when Patrick does acting or someday again, we hope, <laughs> you know, after this stuff, and you do this, how did you eventually come or what kind of mindset do you have in, when you're playing, doing this in front of people to make sure, you know, you can just do it like when you're on the stage or like you're playing music, how uh, you can just overcome the idea you're playing in front of people, not like piss yourself or, you know. So, so the first time I told you I was super nervous. Uh, that's that, why I can't do it. That's why I, I, I had to get over it by drinking a bottle of wine uh-huh. and uh, and that didn't, that didn't go over well. Yeah. Oh, I've seen many a band. The old story was whoever plays last at the bug jar, watch out because by the time people were, this was in the days before COVID when the last show would be over like around two. The last band would be falling off the stage. Everybody would be drunk. It's like that classic Christmas concert with the UV rays where Kevin Wilcox was like, anybody wants a CD, just buy me a shot. Right. Okay, and the cops are outside. I'm like, Kevin, that's the cops. Like, yes. oh, we got the law here. I'm like, ah, yeah, it's going to be a good Christmas show. Ladies and gentlemen, the replacements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So you know, getting up on stage, it, it it it's just practice. You know, you're really nervous the first few times, and then you actually get out there and you realize what it is. You know, and and it's fine. My first show, I played with Planet Assassin. I was tucked back in the corner in Bug Jar, like hiding in the dark, <laughs> stiff, staring at my fretboard. Um, and then I started coming out. Um, anyone that's listening to this that knows me also knows that I'm still stiff as a board, but at least I'm a little bit more out front. Um, but yeah, it just comes with a lot of practice. And I will say, you know, the, the community that we're in, it's always the same people you see at shows. So it's almost like you're playing to friends. So it makes it a lot easier as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for theater, it's like, but yeah, so, so Frank said, practice is the most important thing in any, in any art form that you're doing in front of people is, is once you're confident in what you're doing. That's that's that that's really the key. Um, you're going to be more afraid of what people think if you don't feel like you're up to the task, you know. And also, you know, uh, lights help. Uh, <laughs> yeah. are great because when lights are on you, you can't see the people. So there, there could be four people, there could be a, a million people. Um, but you know, in terms of that, I'd say the number one thing is just being when you're confident in your performance, then you want people to see it. I would think too, because okay, not more for like theater, but like some shows, you don't want to see the drunk dude in the corner. You're like, dude, oh, yeah. look at that! I can't, you can't start without laughing or whatever. Yeah, something else. But I also think I've known like a lot of musicians and are just known of like I obviously I didn't know the cramps, but I knew like. My brother actually met them, and they said he said like off stage, Lux and Ivy were the most shy people who'd ever meet. Mm-hmm. So you're playing a lot of people don't get they're playing a character up there a little. Yeah, and I suppose That's in a way you're thing. yourself, but also maybe you're playing a little bit of a, of a like a character. You're like a so musician. I mean, you, I'm sure there's a lot of ways people deal with it. I certainly am frank on stage. I, I am I'm not playing a character, but you're I do playing know some, stiff up there with the bass. Just do. I do know some people that do you know follow yeah. that. I mean, if you look uh, back one of Nick Pryor's other bands with Mike McGee and uh, Jorge and uh, Graham, they they went and were uh, 
man, why am I blanking on all these bands? Because you're on a podcast now. That's why. We always do this. Well, I'll fill in for you. It's like, okay, Kevin Wilcox, the first time I ever saw him play, I'm like, this guy's either a total dick or or he's cool. He's one of my best friends. But you saw him on stage. He's a wild man getting the show to show. And you're wondering, what is this guy like? And you find he's like one of the nicest guys in the world. But he's having, he's into the music. Yeah. That's and what it, I mean like for acting and stuff. And it, it was Hot Mayonnaise that I was thinking of, which I'm sure you had seen Hot yeah. Mayonnaise back in the day. And they, they put on whole monikers. It was kind of that like glam, uh, you know, kind oh, of yeah. like hard rock, punk, hard hitting. And they were they were definitely characters. They even had like character names. So they when they were on stage, they were totally different than they were, you know, off stage. So that you know, aspect does make it a lot easy easier. Right. I think too, in a way, some people like actually I can go actually an example is like some of the drag queens I've known where if you met them not doing that, but it's like almost like okay, I'm shy, but this is the way I can have my flamboyant fun personality. Yeah. Yeah. You exercise a lot of stuff out doing that. Like you get like you 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 get to it's it's like therapy so <laughs> the big question would you ever do a D themed band and have patrick come out in a wizard hat and introduce you <laughs> um, will you all play characters okay here's the wooden dark elf playing drums so so funny enough probably not but, but <laughs> a D themed at least i definitely have patrick come out but but a D <laughs> theme probably not but uh but I have thought I've been wanting to put together a spaghetti western band. I had wanted to do. Oh, that, that would be! I time. would love yeah. that. Do and, some Ennio Morricone. Right. It's his birthday. And, and I'd want to do like a whole storyline where it's got different acts. You know, the first bit is the intro, and then you have each of the characters' songs, and then you have the story. Then you have, you know, everything building up to the to the big climax, and then the resolution. And I had wanted to do that for a long time, and. Uh, and then I was talking with someone about it. They're like, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard already did that. I'm like, what? <laughs> I went and found uh, Eyes Across the Sky, and sure enough, they had already done that. So that was a little disheartening. I thought I had a yeah, unique idea. Yeah. But I'm actually it, but thinking of Eddie Nebula's band, Dark said Nemesis, which they did for a while. Dark Nemesis, where they were all invaders from space. Yeah. They sort of tried to do like a gore type thing. Yep. yep. I remember that. But now, what are you, you come up with some fun names. What's your current projects? So I have three projects right now. So in Rochester, uh, you're lame. What's right, going on? Right, I know. Uh, I guess it's technically four because I'm, I'm trying to put together an acoustic thing too. But but uh, so one of them is uh, spun off of Jan the Actress, which became uh, Die Kitty Die. So Jay Moon, who we picked up towards the end, he's now playing guitar, and then Justin Polini, who I brought up, is playing drums. Eric Wachowski is playing guitar, vocals, writing most of the music. And I'm playing bass in that band. That's more of like a. Uh, it's always hard when you're asked like what your genre is, but it's rock and roll. It's got a little bit of punk vibe. You were so of, you're in the, what I always say. It's like I use the mighty high and die example. Like we've used Michaela as an example. Say okay, she's a harpist. It's all over the place. What I say for a lot of bands when I recommend them, I just go, I can't really say, but they're good music. Right. Because yeah. you can't really, you know, you get some people who are pigeonholed. You know, like the high risers. It's like rockabilly, fifties right. rock. But other people, they're all over. It's like how like King Buffalo, like we said. But I just say like for the mighty high and dry, they're really good music. Yeah. For all of you like the things I've seen like Jan the actress I'm like it's, it's music it's rock and roll go and see him the best way to do it is normally like compare it to other music with Die Kitty Die I, I feel like we're still trying to find our sound so I can't really I can't really put my yeah but I'm a dick it. like that like if people ask me I'll go well, you like Taylor Swift 
yeah. You know, just say hey, something I'll like tell it. you what, Taylor Swift's like later music has been kind of good. It's like more well, folky. I, and, I, and I have a bond yeah. with her because I keep telling, I said this numerous times, we share a birthday. So I, I'm often mistaken for her. <laughs> yeah. And I've actually, I've happen. given up. I just do the selfies. I sign photos. But you It's know, easier to be like, you know what, this, this is going to make this person You know, stay. it makes the person happy. It's right. like, I won't yeah. tell, I won't say still who did it, but one time a certain radio station gave Gave away his signed Bowie's album when he's played Syracuse. One of them signed it. Of <laughs> but yeah. no, as long as but can you imagine like that person? You hope it's just oh, I'm a big fan. I'm going to keep this. Can you imagine them? I'm going to sell it and they well. <laughs> <laughs> but you no, when I one of my things I try signature. to I try to push on this show is for the arts around the theater. Some people and this is like the thing I use like with some of my friends where I remember. Like, I went to go see Alyssa when she opened for some band in Greece. I left before that. I tried to get my friends to go. They would say, ah, oh, I don't know the music. And then they tried to get me to go see an Eagles cover band. I go, why should I? I know the music. Right. And I think, go see things you don't know, because guess what? You might like them. You know what you like. Yeah. yeah. Well, on the other side of that, so we have Die Kitty Die. One of my other bands is called Below Average White Band. So, Below Average White Band <laughs> is awesome. uh, a spinoff of Planet Assassin. We kind of kept playing together, and uh, what we do is B-side covers of bands you know. Um, so, it's kind of interesting. Well, a, cool. a lot of people, unless they're you know big into music, they're not going to know a lot of the music. I don't even know some of the songs that we're picking. We're doing covers, kind of making them our own. We're just having fun with it. It's interesting. That's, you said the word fun. It's like actually Todd Kratz was telling me some shows he did, he would do like some obscure Hank the Third. Yeah. And he would love it because people would come up to him and say, that's a really good song you wrote. Because, yeah. But I always love that too where like when you talk to friends around here, we're like in the club where like you mentioned obscure band they know. Right. Well, like I remember one time I worked at Target over the holidays for some extra money, and they had the one guy there who's like Mr. Music, and he's like he knew everything, so he knew Tom Petty. So I said, "Did you get hear Nick Lowe's new album? Who's Nick Lowe?" But like <laughs> right. when I mention, like I just take like if I mention a Nick Lowe, it's like it's like assume we all know, right? Yeah. So we have a little snobbiness going there. So my mine is you know some of the covers we do. So we do Beach Boys, but we do a song called "All I Want to Do." There's a song, All I Wanna Do, which is on Pet Sounds, I believe. But All I Want to Do is, uh, it's post, uh, you know, post all that. And it's more, it's like garage rock punk. It's very odd. <laughs> and, you know, if we played it, everyone would be like, that's the Beach Boys? People don't get the Beach yeah. Boys a little bit because I have a lot of like the like Wild Honey, Friends. Uh, I love Sunflower. Yeah, but you listen to these. This is when they got Bond, Blondie Chapman, and Ricky started playing, uh, Surf's Up, and okay, you have most people. They have all the big hits. There's a lot more to them. Yeah, and there's yeah. a lot more where you dig deep, the deep cuts that people have never heard, and you've got some blues, you got some garage, right? Yeah. And we, you know, we do we do some other covers like Golden Earring. Everybody knows Radar Love. Um, some people know the song that we cover. Which is Twilight Zone. Yeah. You entered <laughs> yeah. the Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think that's that song, is it? Is you that... entered the Twilight This is a madhouse coming home. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was played on MTV by time. That's the reason yeah, I know yeah. it. But, uh, but you know, there's uh, we, do, we do obscure covers. It's fun. Now, we are starting to dabble into uh, more well-known ones that we do kind of crazy. So we started covering John Denver. Uh, 
country roads take me home or take me home country roads i can't remember what the country road i just know it's because of the kingsman sequel when merlin's merlin's favorite song yeah and that one seed in there but we uh so we're doing that and we're like you know what let's let's try and play it a little bit faster let's try and play it a little bit heavier why don't we change the beat here and then as we're going through there, someone's like, I, I feel like me first in the gimme gimme. Yeah, I was just gonna say. It turns out we listened to it. It's pretty much what we came up with. We're like, oh, yeah, I was just oh, yeah, yeah. you. We were psychic there. We had a psychic mode because I literally <laughs> was just thinking of that. Yeah. So so that's the type of fun stuff we have with that band. Uh, we played out once. We haven't played out with the full collection. Uh, we have Nick Iskazaitis. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. And we have Rob Hickey. Um, I, they've played in a couple bands here and there, I feel like, but but not many. And then Darren, who uh, Darren Johnson, who was in Planet Assassin with me, and Nick Pryor. So we do all covers. I play keys in that band, and organ, and sound effects, all sorts of stuff. That's we should do sometime. This would be like a couple hour episode where we do like the tree of bands we do okay this band begot this band this band begot this band that's not a bad band. idea you might, you might be on to something for a Come while on, was, for Rochester the, bands. The, old, the old joke <laughs> used to be like with Rob Filardo because Rob Filardo was yep. literally it's like you would like to make the joke well I went to a wedding and Rob was in the wedding band because literally it was like every band it's and the six degrees things you gotta figure out who has the most degrees Right, right, in all of Rochester music. Right. Like, then for like, a while, Sam Sam Snyder was doing producing everything and every band doing this. Yep, yep. You, you just get the couple like John Eric, who's John Eric Payton, who's one of our guest panel hosts a lot. He's he's the rare bird. He just sticks to his one. And I said, dude, it's like I told him the other day. I'm like, yeah, I multitask. Look what happened to me. So <laughs> so maybe not. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it, everybody's you know intermingled. It's, it's great. And then uh, the last intermingled band we have is or that I'm in is the Living Room. So Living Room is a seven piece. It's got uh, you mentioned Kevin Wilcox. His brother Greg Wilcox is on bass. Greg used to play with Eric Wachowski in Pink Elephant. And, I have uh, their CD. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> you have all the CDs. <laughs> I do actually. I should do that on. Well, we do play them on here though. But yeah. I always, I always say buy something, especially the merch like the shirts, because the bands get yeah. them all. Right. And yeah. a lot of people like that's what Sean said to me. He's like, okay, you get all the. Buy well, come up with some. Play. So I've got like a huge collection of these. That's like actually a quick story. Was I was walking in the woods with my dog one day, and another dog comes up to me, and I'm like spaced out, looking at the ground. <laughs> Somebody comes by me. They got a Velvet Elvis shirt on. I'm like. I know that band. And then he looks at me. He's like, "I think I've seen you." Look at Ryan and Alicia, because <laughs> like you know that recognition. Right, you're like, right, wait yeah, a right. second, because who would you think? Like you see, like that's what I love. Like if you walk around, who's gonna know what that is? And you have the one person. Ah, look at. Yep, yep. Um, so yeah, and, and then also in the living room, we also have. Uh, Amber McAllister, who used to be in Lobster Quadrille back in the day. She I love. They were like I. I don't know when they finally ended, but I remember seeing them the last time at Lux. Yeah. And they were a fun band because you couldn't really... Well, I would say they were a little like theater, like Baroque. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Nia Shea, who hasn't played at least live. Well, she sort of... I think she also went the baby dumb route like somebody yeah. else. The baby dumb. I think kid. I think she had a kid. Oh, no, no, no. Nia doesn't have any oh. children. <laughs> somebody did. Well, I look at Facebook, somebody did. Um, I went the baby route. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but Confusing doing, her with somebody else, sorry to you. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, Nia's doing vocals, um, and then uh, we have 
on drums, Jay Moon. So Jay Moon plays in that band as well. And then we have Peter Mangtolo, who he played, I'm trying to remember, um, he used to play in a band with Joe Cartella. I can't think. Oh, man. No, it's like, I'll, Nia's a big Nick Cave fan, obviously, too, because yeah, yeah, we yeah. both went to Philly to see him. Yep. And she always likes my posts when I put Nick Cave stuff up. Yeah, so so um, so that band, you know, is Eric Wachowski and myself. And it's funny you bring up Nick Cave because that's very much kind of the style we are. It's like Nick Cave, Mark Lanigan, kind of that downtown. I love kind like, of like like the stuff. Who's the the female? He's done some stuff with too. No, I won't. I won't put you on the spot because I right, my name, I'm, names are are. But I love like that one, like the today. Circus Left Town. That's almost like a yep. Tom Waits song in those albums. Mark Lanigan did with a. Uh, is whatever her name is, which is we couldn't play it anyways. They'd sue us, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> right. So that's uh, but I love his stuff, and that's so yeah. I mean, I, I'd really suggest if, if yeah. you're into that music, come out. And I'm come out anyways. Room. You might yeah. just find something yeah. else you like, yeah. and then you'll yeah. go down like the rabbit hole. As I say, the good rabbit holes where you start getting into other music. Yeah, and, and speaking of which, we actually have a show coming up. It's kind of okay. A let's DIY. do some plugs. It's yeah, kind of a DIY show that's uh, going on. And uh, so it's a trash wave review. So Eric Wikowski is putting it on. So we have the comrades there. We have marching band forms pentagram. We have the living room. We have the grinders. And then we have MK Ultra doing, you know, DJing. And it's going to be hosted by Will Carroll. And then we also have comedy coming from Luke Thayer's and Sherelle Kinder. And then Greg Wilcox, who's in the band, also does Tuvin, which is that throat singing. So he's going to be doing some throat singing there as well. So that's... That's on November 20th at the uh, Pavilion Lodge down in Ellison Park. Which I've been to, actually. One of my Ooh. friends had a... That's actually a very nice venue for it. As a, my friend Barrel Age had a show there. But it's been great. You made it to the studio. Yeah. It's yeah, awesome. I'm glad. And we have yeah. some other plugs. We have like a very good band at Loving Cup this Friday, whose name I don't know, but it's like Joe Bricado, some guy named Andy Calabrese. Bunch oh, of people yeah, yeah. who were then yeah, Adrian, Andy guy. Yeah, yeah then, a- then Adrian is playing there on the 26th. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Young and up, yep, up and comer. Yeah, yeah, plus, okay. there's tons <laughs> of stuff going on for things, but just be safe, okay, with COVID and everything, you know, right. and everything yeah. else. If you want to choose to go out, just, you know, be careful and everything. We don't want any. Uh, Masked up. But we're going to play a couple tunes that they know. You have anything besides your podcast coming up, Patrick? Uh, zooms. We have some zooms probably coming up. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're we're gonna record some more zooms with Rob. Um, yeah, no, our podcast is going strong. We drop every other Monday. Uh, our next uh, episode will be live, I believe, the fifteenth. Um, no, the week, uh, the twenty second, which is my birthday. Uh, oh, and wow. uh, yeah, um, find uh, find them, find me on Facebook. Find them, you know, uh, around. And we will have D and D part three and. Next year because COVID whacked us. Yeah, we'll get so there. And we'll get the gang. But why don't we? We have two songs this time because you're in so many bands. Yeah, yeah. So one of them is Die Kitty Die, which we haven't recorded. We keep saying we're going to record. We're trying to book we're exclusive here. Yay! So yeah. I think I think what we might actually do is go back to more sound in Syracuse because it's just it's a whole event. You go there, you stay in the apartment above the studio, and it's just you get to focus on the music for the weekend. So. We're talking about doing that for Die Kitty Die and finally getting something out there. But what I have here is, um, I apologize if this offends anyone, but the name of the song is Boners for Jesus. And uh, it's uh, Die Hey, that's Kitty actually, Die. you look at it, it's a positive. It means you're really, yeah, exactly. you, you found religion. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, that's. I think it's a very positive <laughs> song, actually. Um, so that's a live recording that we had from Bug Jar. 
And then the uh, other song is off of our EP from The Living Room, and that song is called North. Uh, it's our single off of that album. And uh, very, two very different styles of music, so you know, give it a listen and uh, feel free to inundate these guys with all. The Where feedback. can we find you too? <laughs> Where can we like you like you have like stalker books? Yeah, stuff so, so we were talking about the internet, and it's really hard. We're terrible at marketing, but uh, yeah, we yeah, have a Facebook yeah. page because we're old boomers. No, <laughs> we're, we're not boomers, but we are old. So, uh, so Facebook, you can find us, the living room and uh, Die Kitty Die. And then The Living Room is also streaming. Our, our uh, EP, which is called The Living Room, is streaming on all platforms. Um, you can find it, Apple Music, Spotify, all of that. Or if you want to go on Bandcamp, it is... Oh, man. I should have already known it. I think it's thelivingroom.bandcamp.com. I think it is thelivingroom.bandcamp.com. One last funny note on that. Uh, we got interviewed by Frank DeBlaze, and he did a whole spread on us in the Beacon. And uh, he interviewed us and went through, and he reviewed the album. And the album he reviewed was another band called The Living Room. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the rest of the interview is correct, so it was interesting. Would be great. Oh, he gave it glowing reviews. Yeah, that's us. It's like, oh, but the best that you went either way, glowing reviews. Right, it's us. Right. If it, he said if he panned it, ah, it's those other guys. So we did listen to the other guys, and, and they're okay. It's definitely different. Good, like if you say, were like, a, like if it was like polka or something. Right. It, it's it's out. It, there's some interesting stuff. Uh, but, but, but thanks a lot, man. Yeah. And come back, and you'll be in a day. And I have to be biased. You were the best guest ever. You brought coffee, <laughs> so you're better than anybody. You were first serve. Uh, well well I, worth the wait. I stood you guys up last time, so I figured I had to make it up. So. <laughs> Much appreciated. By all means, but thanks a lot, man. Thanks, Patrick, and hope you had fun. And see you. Bye-bye. Yeah, bye bye. Bye.